This morning our scripture reading will be James 1, 21 through 25. Therefore put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourself. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, He is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror, for he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. Morning, church. I hope that you've had the opportunity to pick up a a bulletin. Uh, There's lots and lots of things going on this week. Uh, It is a great time and exciting time to be a part of this congregation. So I hope that you will uh, take note of those things. It's uh, a long list of things that's on the front page of the bulletin, uh, things that are happening this week, and a lot of of things happening, and we're excited uh, to be a part of that. There there is one thing I want to draw your attention to one more time, and that's the Apologetics Press Benefit Dinner. Uh, I mentioned that last week, and on Wednesday night, I've been in talking with uh, Chad Thompson, who is a part of Apologetics Press, uh, who lives up in Henderson, and that's coming up on August the 25th at the Henderson Church of Christ, and he sent me a list, and it's on the table in the foyers. If you want to go and be a part of that, it's it's free of charge. Um, Now, they will take donations, but it's free of charge, and you get to kind of see some of the things that that they do. I know Kyle Butt will be there speaking. Kyle always does a great job, and so I want to encourage you to be a part of that. If you can at all uh, go, at all possible will go. There are sign-up lists on the table in the back uh, for you there to sign up and so that they can get a count for all those that will be there so they can have plenty of food for everyone as well. Also, my attention was drawn to something in the bulletin. If you haven't noticed, someone has a wedding anniversary uh, recently. 61 years. And I bring your attention to that, not to just uh, focus on them, but I bring your attention to that to celebrate marriage. In a time when our country is, uh, Satan is obvious in our country, pulling away the country, pulling away churches, pulling apart families, we have the opportunity to celebrate marriage. And so uh, all of you that have been married 50 plus years, even 30 or 40 years, we congratulate you. We honor you and we thank you for your example. And we want to remind our young people uh, to, to go to people like that and to ask and learn of all the things that it takes to make a great marriage. So we thank you for that. Thank you for being here. It is an awesome opportunity to be together and study God's Word. Mirror, mirror on the wall. Do you remember when that Disney movie show Snow White came out? with this saying. It was made famous. But have we ever thought about this mirror? Well, sometimes we go and we look in the mirror and we see things we like, right? Sometimes we go and we look in the mirror and we see things we don't like. In fact, I don't like taking selfies because I have enough mirrors to show me all my imperfections and flaws. So I don't need a selfie to take a picture that I can send it to someone else so they can see my flaws as well. I have mirrors to tell me that. Mirrors, look at the next slide here. Mirrors, they will reflect 
They're made to reflect the image before it. That's what mirrors do. Did you know that God's Word is a mirror? And as I've thought about this lesson this morning, it's, it's challenging to me because I know that even the mirror of God's Word shows me things in my life that I need to work on. And that's what we want to talk about this morning is our responses to the mirror of God's Word. Back in the book of 2 Samuel, 2 Samuel chapter 12, David has already committed the sins with Bathsheba and had her husband killed. The prophet Nathan comes to David and he tells him this story. He says, David, there were two men. One was very rich and one was poor. The rich man had plenty of flocks and herds. The poor man only had one little ewe lamb. And that lamb was a part of his family, David. That lamb was special to him. In fact, that lamb, it, it ate with his family. It, it, it drank the same things that, that the family drank of. It slept with the family. It was like a daughter to this man. And one day, a, 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 a friend from afar off came to visit the rich man. And the rich man didn't want to take from his flock to provide for uh, the friend that had come from afar to provide for the meal. And so he took from the poor man that one little ewe lamb that was a part of his family. When David heard that, the Bible says David was furious. And he said, this man should die and pay back fourfold of what belonged to the poor, to the poor man. And see, here's the, the kicker to the story. David may have very well been right. But then David, Nathan said to David, David, you are the man. When we pick up this mirror of God's Word, we have to make a choice and make a decision. David did, and we'll mention that in, in just a few moments. David had a choice to make. Finally, he knew David was called the man after God's own heart, wasn't he? David knew what he had done. But it's when the revelation of that story, he made a regulation, a revelation of what ought to have happened. But oh, when he put himself in the story. And Nathan says, you are the man. Then he had a choice. Now how will I react to what's been reflected in my life? And that's a choice that you and I have to make every day. That's a choice that people in the world, when they look at this mirror of God's Word, you see, it reveals what's really there. So I want us to notice three responses this morning. First of all, look at verse 23. For if anyone is a hearer of the Word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observed himself, goes away, 
and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. So he gives us this idea of a person who hears, he sees in the mirror of God's Word, but then he goes away and forgets. So he says of those people who hear, but they, they, they do not do. He says that's like a person that gets up, looks in the mirror, sees his natural face, and he goes away and he forgets what he's even seen. Maybe you've seen people like that. It's obvious. They get up and they come to the store. You forgot to look at the mirror. And James says that's exactly what it's like. That's exactly what it's like. The person who looks there and goes away and forgets. Modern culture tells us that there are three things that are important to our society. Three important goals and they are success, consumerism, and happiness. Success says, not only do I want to do good, but I want to do better than you. Our culture is baptized in the idea of success. And that's the most important goal. We see it in business, we see it in athletics, we see it on the television. And in those realms, to some degree, you need to work hard to, to get to your goal, but they, sometimes it comes across many times as if you do your best despite anyone else trying to help you. You be the best there is, and if you can be the best, then that's what's most important. Consumerism says the more we get, the better off we are and the happier we are. We see this over and over and over again. Just turn on the television. Just read the newspaper. Look on the internet. Look around in our neighborhoods. That is an important part of our culture. Happiness asks the question, are we having fun yet? And these are the things we're bombarded with every day in our culture. But James says... Don't see and go away and forget. Think about in Matthew chapter 13 when Jesus tells the story of the the parable of the sower. And He talks about the sower goes out and He sows that seed and some falls along the wayside. It never takes root because it's on that path that's hard and the birds come and they devour. It's as if the person hears, but they go away and they forget. I think about in Acts chapter 26 when Paul stands before Festus and King Agrippa. He asks King Agrippa, he's been telling his story, he's been telling how, uh, a story of his conversion and how he's gotten to the point where he is. And he asks King Agrippa, King Agrippa, you know the prophets, you believe the prophets, don't you? I know you believe the prophets. You see, King Agrippa, were, he was familiar with the prophets. And you know what the Bible says in Acts chapter 26? This is what King Agrippa told Paul after he tells his story and even tells him, I know you believe the prophets. And King Agrippa says, Paul, you almost persuade me to be a Christian. In other words, I hear what what you're saying, Paul, but I just don't want to do it. Or either I'm not going to do it. And that's the kind of person with that kind of response. They hear, and then they go away, 
and they forget. That's one response. Another response we can have is that we can hear and we can make some superficial changes. I think about what the Bible says in Matthew chapter 19. You know the story. Matthew chapter 19 where Jesus counsels the rich young ruler. And he comes to Jesus and says, Jesus, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says to him, Keep the commandments. And he says, which ones? You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and your mother. And you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said to him, All these I have kept from my youth. What do I still lack? You see, he's looked into the mirror of God's Word. He sees there's some things I need to do. There's some things I need to work on. And he does work on some of those things. But he realizes, okay, do I still lack anything else? And Jesus being able to see his heart, he says, go and sell all that you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. But the young man, the Bible says, went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. In Matthew chapter 7 and verse 21, Jesus reminds His hearers and us today that not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. Not everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But who is it? Who is it, Jesus? It's those who do the will of my Father in heaven. Those are the ones. Turn your Bibles, if you will, to Matthew chapter 23. Matthew chapter 23, and we'll read that in just a moment. I want to share a story with you. Do you remember years ago that sitcom, Family Matters? Oh, I love Family Matters. You remember Steve Urkel wore his pants up to his armpits? (laughs) Did I do that? Oh, it was a great sitcom. Had great messages in it. Carl Winslow was his neighbor, and you know Steve Urkel, he, he, oh, he was under Carl's skin all the time. But there was one episode that stands out in my mind. Carl, you remember, was a police officer, and he's sitting on his couch late one night, and he's watching television. Or actually, he's playing over something that had happened to him. And it's late at night, everyone else is asleep, and Harriet, his wife, comes by and, and, and she begins talking to him. You see, here's what he was watching on the television. He was playing the scene over and over again of something hap- that happened one night. There was a robbery. And he and the other police officers, they, uh, they respond to this robbery in this convenience store. And Carl, he's leading the negotiations with the robber. And they go through these dialogues, one with another, him trying to convince him to give up the hostage. You see, there was a hostage. And he's trying to get attempt to convince him, give up the hostage. Time passes by. And things escalate. And the robber comes out of the convenience store in front of all the police officers and he kills the hostage. And then himself. And Carl is sitting there watching that over and over and over again. And his wife Harriet says, Carl, what are you doing? 
He says, I just keep trying to go back to see if there was something different I could have done. If there was something different I could have said. And Harriet says to him, Carl, you did everything you could. And this is the key to the story I want you to remember. Carl says, I know that here. But I'm not so sure I know that here. You see, what was Carl saying? I know in my mind that's the truth. But to believe it in my inner soul and to act on it is different. And James says another response that we can have to the mirror of God's Word is that we can see that we can make some of those changes. But have we fully given our heart to Jesus Christ? Look at what Jesus says in Matthew 23. Verses 2 through 7, He's describing these scribes and Pharisees, religious people. They're in the temple when they're supposed to be. They do some good things. Listen to what He says. But all their works, they do to be seen by men. They make their phylacteries broad and enlarge the borders of their garments to show how religious they are. They love the best places at feasts and the best seats in the synagogues. Greetings in the marketplaces and to be called by men, Rabbi, Rabbi. Verse 23. I'm sorry, verse 25 of Matthew 23. Jesus says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you cleanse the outside of the cup and dish, but inside they are full of extortion and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisees, first cleanse the inside of the cup and dish, that the outside of them may be clean also. Woe to you, verse 27, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, actors. For you are like whitewashed tombs, which indeed appear beautiful outwardly, but inside are full of dead men's bones and uncleanness. Even so, you also outwardly appear righteous to men, but inside you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. Last week when we talked about Satan, we made mention of the fact that Satan really doesn't matter if we come to worship. Because Satan knows that in order to follow God, it's important to give everything to God, including the very core of our soul, what the Hebrews believe to be the heart. God wants us to give our all to Him. Remember in James chapter 1, that was read to us from verse 21, Therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted Word which is able to save your souls. It, it's, he's given a kind of a gardening term, a gardening idea. In other words, you have to prepare your heart to be able to receive the seed of the Word. To be able to accept what you see when you look into that Word. Now I've had the 
opportunity to watch Brother Dennis Brooks in the back of our house prepare and work his garden. And many of you do gardening as well. When you go to get ready to have that garden, you have to pull those weeds, right? You have to till up that ground. You have to put some work into getting that garden ready. And this is the idea James gives us here. Prepare that inner part of your soul. Prepare that heart. Pull out those things that Satan could take hold of. Weed that garden of your heart to be ready to accept the seed of the Word, to be ready to accept the truth of what I really see when I look into the mirror of God's Word. One gentleman says, the greatest danger to Christianity is not atheism, but empty religion. Empty religion. And so, Barry, you have to ask yourself, church, we have to ask ourselves, is my religion empty? Can people see me coming in the doors of the church? They see me going to worship. They see where I attend worship. They see that I've dressed up and that I look nice. But is that religion empty? I have to answer answer that for myself. When I look into the mirror of God's Word, Barry, is your religion empty or is it real? I want it to be real. So a person can look into the mirror of God's Word and they can hear it and they can forget. Or they can hear it and they can make some superficial changes, or they can hear it, verse 25, and they can make a real heart change. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. When I think about a person who makes a real heart change, my mind immediately goes to Saul converted and turned to Paul. You remember in Acts chapter 9 when he's on that road to Damascus? He is going down there to persecute Christians, to rip apart families, to put people in jail for really declaring Jesus Christ as Lord. And he sees that light and he's blinded and he talks to Jesus And Jesus says, why are you persecuting me, Saul? And Saul says, Lord, what would you want me to do? He says, go into the city and you will be told what to do. And you know the story. He goes into Ananias' house. And the Bible says Ananias talks to him, teaches him, and puts his hands on him. And something like scales falls from his eyes. And the Bible says then he is baptized. He's immersed into Jesus Christ. He says, I'm willing to give it up. Because now I know what I need to do. He looked into the mirror of God's Word. He saw the truth. And he says, I'm ready. And then Saul, who persecuted the church, the Bible says he immediately preached Christ as the Messiah, as the Savior of the world in the synagogues. You think people knew? They wondered at first, what's going on with this guy? Something's different. And then they saw. They saw through the events of his life. 
that he had made a real heart change. You see, Paul called himself the chief of sinners. And yet, we see the chief of sinners. When he looks into that mirror of God's Word, he sees finally what he's really like. And he makes a change. In Luke chapter 18, you remember that parable that Jesus tells about the Pharisee and the tax collector? The religious person and that one that's hated by uh, Jews and not really cared much about by Romans other than they, give, they get money for them? The Pharisee, he stands and he stands on the corner and he says, Lord, I'm, I, God, I thank you that I'm not, not like other men, extortioners, adulterers. I, Lord, I thank you I'm not even like this old tax collector over here. I fast twice a week. I, I give a tithe of all that I have. And the Bible says that the tax collector would not even lift his eyes to heaven, but beat on his breast and said, God, be merciful on me, a sinner. And Jesus says, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled. But everyone who humbles himself will be exalted in the eyes of Almighty God. Jesus tells us of the ones who would follow Him in Luke chapter 9 and verse 23. If you desire to come after Me, then deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow Me daily. Deny yourself daily. Take up your cross daily and follow Me daily. In other words, when you look into the mirror of God's Word, you see how you really stand. You see how you really are. You see how you really appear to God. Then you make a real heart change. The writer of old in Proverbs chapter 23 and verse 7 says, For as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. You see, the battleground's in our heart. The heart is important. The heart and mind work together. And what is at the core of our soul, occupying our time and our thoughts, is very, very important. And so let's cultivate that. And let's pull away those things that would vie for our attention and our thoughts and our time. So what will be our response to the Word of God today, the truth of God, the mirror of His Word, as we reflect on our lives? Is our religion more about rules or relationship with the Savior? Are we motivated by fear or by the love that was extended on the cross of Calvary? and through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Is our religion a get-to or a have-to? You see, when, when David was revealed the truth of how he really stood before God, though he really knew it, but it's when it was really revealed to him in a mirror 
the story that Nathan told. David was faced with a decision. And the Bible tells us that David, before the Lord that day, repented and said, Nathan, pray to God that He will forgive me of this wrong. David still had to pay the consequences. But he didn't lose his life. And he's still known as the man after God's own heart. Today, as we examine our lives, not, not based on what the world is telling us, not based on anything else except God's Word. When we look at God's Word and we examine our life, what will be our response today? If you need to respond to the Lord's invitation, we stand ready and willing, not ready to look down at you, but to stand side by side with you and say, I'm ready. We're ready. We're willing to pray with you and pray for you. If you need to respond by giving your life to Jesus Christ and say, I'm ready to go on my way rejoicing, you can do that today as well. If you need to respond to the Lord's invitation, don't wait another moment, but come forward during this song and let us assist you any way we can. As together we stand and sing.